Hello, welcome to Brain Sick. I'm Lydia. I'm Alita. Hello, I'm Andrew. And welcome to our fourth episode. Quadra. Yes. Actually, well, we recorded another one, but this. Okay. Number four. Number four. Number four. This is our fourth, yes. This is the fourth one we will be posting. Yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't have even brought it up. I apologize. No. Now y'all know. Now you know. We're figuring. We're figuring it out. <laughs> we want to be honest. Just that truth too. What, what does that mean? Richie gave me a hug and said she missed me. So you know, precious. Yes. Okay. Getting into it. I hope this won't be too long. I'll try to keep things snappy, and we're gonna start off with anxiety disorders. Which Ooh, anxiety. Too many of us <laughs> know way too much about this already. Such a blast. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, this is the most common, um, which is just, I, I wonder how much of it is due to our modern technology. I don't know. Yeah. We were just talking about the other day about yeah. how quickly things, we live in such a fast-paced society, I think things are constantly changing at such a fast rate. The internet rate. never sleeps. The dark web. <laughs> yeah. The Wayback Machine. That's not relevant. Okay, we're going <laughs> to press onward. Okay, so with this, anxiety, as you would assume, is the predominant symptom. There's a big point of this is that you're avoidant. So let's say, yeah, you have anxiety about, I don't know, <laughs> doing homework or... Is there like a concrete way to define anxiety? It's stress, but it's feeling in your stomach. Whatever butterflies are, it's the opposite of butterflies in your stomach. I feel like it can be butterflies, but they're like they're like moths. It's like moths. Yeah, like moths. Moths are pretty. Sometimes. Not the mutant. Okay, yeah, the mutant. like the ones that eat clothes, but instead they just eat Eat your stomach. Yes. And yeah. Your, yes, your soul. Your soul and your stomach. Your Sometimes your esophagus. The soul moths. <laughs> so, yes, we can go into the DSM criteria. This is the DSM 5 criteria. This is for. And what is the DSM? It is a book mm-hmm. that outlines all of the disorders and the mental illnesses and basically has checklists. So if you check however many out of however many, then you can be diagnosed. It's the, it's the Diagnostic Statistics Manual? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is the fifth version, the most recent mm-hmm. version. This is DSM-5 definition of a panic attack. Ooh. So Okay, so we're going to start off with panic disorder. We'll get to generalized anxiety real quick, but... <laughs> Panic disorder includes repeated and unexpected panic attacks, which are a discrete period of intense fear or discomfort in which four or more of the following symptoms develop abruptly and reach a peak within a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard about panic attacks, I think we've, me and Alita, have experienced them before. I've, I believe I've experienced an anxiety attack. I don't okay. know if I've experienced a panic attack, but stuff in that realm. regardless yeah. yeah so pounding heart or palpitations sweating trembling shortness of breath feeling of choking chest pain nausea feeling dizzy depersonalization which is feeling detached from yourself 
your fear of going crazy, fear of dying, numbness, chills, or hot flashes. So it really engages that sympathetic nervous system. It gets your body like on high alert, mm-hmm. even That's though any four. And yeah, just four. How many was that? Don't make me count. So many. <laughs> a lot. Just many. Yeah. But then all just in a flash. Basically. Yeah. It really peaks and it's really intense. And that's when people say, like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Mm. But then the doctor's like, oh, no, you had a panic attack. Which could cause a heart attack. Probably. Because your body is really just going in single mode. <laughs> for heart attacks or for panic attacks? <laughs> in general, it sounds that's a good rule. Uh, rule of thumb. <laughs> Respect. Don't go around so, scaring old people. Today on the uh, morals podcast. <laughs> so this is the panic disorder: repeated and unexpected panic attacks, which I outlined. Fear of recurring panic attacks or losing control. So you worry about if so, you're in a car and yeah. then you have a panic attack and then you crash your car. And then you have a panic attack because you're because you're worried. You're gonna have yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little That's, feedback loop. Yikes. Avoidance of so here's the avoidance of situations associated with prior attacks. So if you had a panic attack in a grocery store, you're like, okay, I can't go to a grocery store. It's gonna happen again. So is this kind of related with like agoraphobia? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Which is it's right here. It you can't leave the house because you feel safe in your house mm-hmm. and you fear if you leave that something will happen. Mm-hmm. And it is coded here. It says it's coded as an additional diagnosis. So symptoms must be present for at least six months. This is what the DSM. There's all these checklists, and then it has to be for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. For this one, it's six months. And the symptoms have to cause significant distress or dysfunction in your everyday life for them to diagnose you. And that's an interesting thing, too, about a lot of these disorders is the distress or dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people don't feel distressed, but from some kind of objective measure, like it's affecting their performance and their scope of what they're able to do. Yeah, or also, like, like if you look at it from the other way, like, maybe they feel extremely distressed, but they're highly functioning. You know, like She said five to two if we want to get really specific, but about two to one female to male. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for all anxiety disorders. Uh, onset, 15 to 35 years old, rarely before puberty. I'm going to skip the origin of it. It's kind of like biological disp- predispositions and all that stuff. I'm going to skip that for now and then for the sake of time that for treatment education is very important just to know why these things are happening um that you're having like a fight or flight response those types of things cbt our favorite amazing so good it's helped me so much cognitive behavioral therapy yes that's 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 your kind of standard i 
I feel like it's your standard therapy. Yeah. 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 Where you go and you talk about all your issues, you really And it's not some Freud shit where he's like, it was because when you were five, your mother did this. Like, buddy. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay, he, he got us to where we are now in a lot of ways. Thank you, Freud, for that. You but can thank him for the subconscious, the, yes, the idea of, of subconscious, yeah. like, forces. Yeah. He was good for something, but he was also a little off the deep end. We should talk about Shannon. Ooh, that episode. Yeah, that'd be really good, actually. That'd be really yeah, fun. Let's do it. All right, y'all. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay. There's also medication, so antidepressants are good, and anti-anxiety drugs, which is the benzodiazepines. Okay, moving on to phobias. That's when you are experiencing persistent, unrealistic fears of specific objects or situations. Like spiders. Exactly. Snakes. Indiana Jones. Yeah. Indiana Jones? Even though I've never watched any of them. What? Neither. Yeah. You probably told me and I just I blocked probably. it out because I had a phobia of realizing that you didn't watch Indiana Jones. See, I love that ride at Disneyland, but I always <laughs> have to close my eyes with the party with the bugs. Oh, with the bugs. When all the bugs go up, they slip. The boulders scared the crap out of me. I love that I don't, I don't think I was old enough to realize that it, there wasn't a chance it was going to kill us. Oh, no. <laughs> you see this boulder. It was good. I think it's exactly what happened to me because my mom 
like really doesn't like bugs mm. and so especially the arachnids yeah. and so and so for a while like i kind of like because she like rationalized being that scared of it mm. so like when i saw her freaking out I was like, like this is obviously something that i should like, be freaking out she's about. having a reaction to this apparent danger yeah so like obviously for, even though i don't know why i should be yeah. very scared i think i also like i, I had a phobia of of dogs for a long time because mm-hmm. I was just never hurt. I, I've I've known people that have been through worse, but like I was at a very close encounter with a very angry raised to be a guard dog, guard dog, mm-hmm. and so I was just very scared, especially of the barking. Yeah, for a long time. Good thing but Teddy doesn't bark. Exposure <laughs> yeah. has been like that. that That's that the family. thing. That's the treatment exposure. for anxiety. Is which exposure. Is, yeah. Which is the opposite of what you want to do because you're exactly. avoidance. Yeah. You guys ever seen? There's this one episode of uh, I think it's it's Maury or it's Jerry Springer, where the person's has a phobia of. Um, it might be a fruit. It might be like pomegranates or it's like packing peanuts. It's something really benign. Huh. So they like. When you say pomegranate, it makes me think of the one where you're afraid of holes. Sorry. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I, I don't know. It might have been. It was, it was a fruit, or it was just a, it was just a sterile object. Mm-hmm. And it, it, these shows are staged, but like, there's just like, okay, we're here to help you get over your fear, and then these people just come in from every side no. of the studio with just boxes full. And then they're just, they start running, sprinting oh around, That's and terrible. they're chasing them with these. It was oh, so that's horrific. Bad. <laughs> it was so bad. That's what you're doing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, controlled doses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With a you know licensed therapist. Yeah, I think yes. it's the same thing with OCD too. I remember watching yeah. the video where they had the lady who was like the germaphobe, who yes. was just being exposed as much as she could handle to mm-hmm. unclean things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you were there with me. Yeah. Sat in on some of my classes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The specifier with phobias is with panic attacks. There are three subcategories, which is agoraphobia, when you're fear of going into public places. Um, so you can't escape if you have a panic attack. You, there's nowhere to go. There's the specific phobias, which is... The natural, she, she made a point that it's more natural, environmental, so it seems more from our evolution. Mm. So we're scared of spiders, we're scared of snakes, we're not scared of, like, yeah, it's all It's all, like, generally yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. We're scared of heights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's built in, it's like a preservation. Mm. But when it becomes, like, it, it can be, when it turns into a point where it's an overreaction. Definitely. Or where you can't handle it. Yeah, when it dips into the phobia because it's like it's it's, it's outside of your control. Yeah. Right, but but the the root of it is within natural yeah. things. So I have animals, natural environments like fire, water, mm-hmm. thunder, lightning, situational, which is the height, small spaces, yeah. and blood injection or injury. Mm-hmm. So people fainting when mm-hmm. they see blood. That yeah. Type of thing. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, I have a friend who, um, I love her. Her dad is an entomologist, entomologist, and he, like, loves bugs all the time, all the time. 
And so she had some real funny stories about like growing up. Like she she got like a jar of ladybugs from the store and like she really wanted to like play with them. She's like, please dad. And he's like, no, we'll do it tomorrow. She woke up real early. She was real excited. And she like opened it just to let one out and like 500 yeah. ladybugs just come swarming out into the house. And like oh, she was like, my point <laughs> She like had like constant exposure to like bugs yeah. and insects when she was younger and now she's like totally fine really with them. Cool with which I think is like amazing you and know, really interesting. Ladybugs is really funny because my dad was attacked by a swarm of ladybugs oh one time God. actually. He was out hunting with his brother and my grandpa and it was like springtime or so and they ended up in the middle of just a, a pack oh a God. murder of ladybugs <laughs> and they bite apparently. really yeah i didn't know that me neither <laughs> oh oh my okay <laughs> pro tip you yeah gotta hear to piss off ladybugs <laughs> Don't do it. they're like bees they'll group up all but, right yeah that was more like a lot swarm. Thing. I think bees will swarm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Only if you really, really upset them, though. We used to. Oh. <laughs> I told you. We, we, we used to, in elementary school, me and it was just my friend's idea was that the, <laughs> ga- the game was throw rocks at the beehive and then oh run away as fast as possible. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I never got stung. I want to play that. Oh, wow. No. That's me. <laughs> Same friend who pet a bee though too. This was just weird. Oh, I remember thing. that? Sorry. Like he did. It was. I think it was just sitting on a on a on a blade of grass, and he just oh. it let him. He he pet it. It was chilling. That's so sweet. I, I, wish, I wish you guys had the visual. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, petting me. Yes. I'll never forget. No. <laughs> oh my god, bees don't mess with us. <laughs> this is, this is gonna, we might have to cut this into two. You can make this like, yeah, yeah. A two parter. <laughs> We're already. We ramble it. It's okay. No, good. Yeah, it is good. Maybe I'll, we can do anxiety. We can, we can and get through anxiety and OCD. Okay. Yeah, because that's also an yeah. Oh, you mean that's your general? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what we have time for. <laughs> okay, we're moving into social anxiety disorder, which is the DSM-5 definition, fear of social or performance situations, especially involving exposure to unfamiliar people, concern about rejection, humiliation, or embarrassment. Symptoms must be present for at least six months and must cause significant distress or dysfunction with panic attacks. And there's a, always, I need to retract what I said earlier. There's specifiers, which doesn't necessarily mean it has to, but it can be more specific with, so you can have social anxiety disorder with the specifier with panic attacks or a specifier performance only. Mm-hmm. So earlier when I was talking about, God, what was it? I think the phobias. You don't necessarily have to have panic attacks, mm. but it's an added specifier to make your like phobia look interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, I'm glad I caught that now. Yes. Okay, a 
apparently the predisposition for social anxiety disorder is shyness, cautiousness, introverted temperament, and a sensitive, um, why can't I, an S, nervous system, no, <laughs> something system, I will, I will I come know. back to that. But yeah, people who are like more introverted, people who are more agreeable, and so more like sensitive, like they, they want to please people, and like other people's opinions like are really yeah. influential on them. <laughs> the peak onset is age 13, uh-huh. which makes sense. <laughs> Doesn't sound familiar at all, not in the slightest. <laughs> Just treatment with SSRIs, yes. beta blockers, which can help your blood pressure. It will lower your blood pressure. So you would take that before a performance. So if you're going for a tryout and you need blood pressure affects your mood or is that it affects your bodily response. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because you have like high because whenever I go to the doctor, I have a high blood pressure, but it's because I'm anxious. Yeah. And they're like, Are you okay? (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm just stressed. And they're like, Okay. Okay. It says a rising heart does not cause your blood pressure to increase at the same rate. (laughs) They're two separate measurements. Y'all, we're real confused. (laughs) We're we're real confused. I apologize. I think we're all also like running on low sleep. So. We might have to get back to you on that. It's not a major point. We can move on, I think. But it will help before (laughs) performance if you have performance anxiety. You can have social skills training, a surgeon's training, group therapy, cognitive therapy. And our favorite, generalized anxiety disorder, PR. AAD. Yeah. is there most of the time. Here is our DSM-5 definition. Excessive anxiety and apprehension that is not limited to particular situations. Let's get back to that all the time. The worry is difficult to control. Symptoms such as muscle tension, restlessness, difficulty concentrating, feeling quote-unquote on edge. Six months, symptoms, significant distress or dysfunction that interferes with your life and can have panic attacks specified. So usually she she made a note that people who suffer from generalized anxiety disorder, they tend to go see a doctor than a psychologist because they think, mm-hmm. okay, I have a headache, I'm kind of tense, I have these nerves, and they mm-hmm. don't want to see a psychiatrist because they think, okay, this is just, I think a lot of it is still <laughs> the um, stigma that's attached to it. So they'd rather just be given medication for my headache or for right. my shakes or whatever it is. Like solving the uh, the symptom and not yeah. treating symptoms, not the cause. Right, which is why like, usually like the medication should be like the last step if you can't correct it with mm-hmm. behavioral changes. Or um, using them like together. together. Yeah. So sure. That's the yeah. best to reduce your symptoms enough that you can actually yeah. 
Yeah, because I, I know that like like diet, like like an eating routine and like a regular sleep schedule are things that like really help like naturally from the regulation and exercise yes, too. Definitely. And so it's like sometimes if people aren't too affected by it, just getting control of those things mm-hmm. can be enough maybe to to bring you down to like sub clinical levels. Definitely, yeah. It's like, Not always, but yeah, no, it's but it must it's pretty bad if you're getting diagnosed though. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember like like when I like first started going to therapy, like we talk a lot about that, and even like because um, I went to therapy for like a couple years. I, yeah, yeah, I just stopped a couple years ago. Oh really? Um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm not going in, not regularly. She's like just like never come to see. Same with me. Really? I didn't know you graduated. I didn't know you did either. Um, 
I guess reminding us to enjoy our surroundings and be aware of nature, be, let yourself kind of be calm, be, don't distract yourself all the time, take some time. And I think that's just good in general. You don't have to follow a meditation or anything, but just to kind of step away from your phones for a little bit, step away from, you know, just all the chaos and just take some time. Anyway, okay, medication, antidepressants, benzodiazepines, which is the anti-anxiety medication. Uh, I don't know what these are. She put Fusbar and Neurontin. I think they're very specific anti-anxiety medications that are not addictive. Mm -hmm. So the good thing with these is they're usually non-addictive, except the benzodiazepines. Mm -hmm. Those people yes. use those. Mm, yeah, our dad, you know, that that were was very concerned because I was on um, Clonopin, um, and he was. It's actually the slowest acting. Oh wait, have you, you've been taking it? Right? No, I honestly I've only taken it a couple times, and I don't really like the way it makes me feel. Um, it makes me just. It, it's great because it does stop my anxiety. Um, it really helped me out, but it, it mostly that's because it just makes me real sleepy. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's kind of hard to be anxious if you're not conscious. Yeah, that is the truth. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I don't, people get hooked on those things though. They're full on mm -hmm. narcotics. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, but yeah. Are you taking it consistently? No, but like before class because I would get really stressed mm -hmm. and I yeah I would I don't know I don't think I ever really felt much of a difference. I just, because I was in very low dose, and it was a very, yeah. yeah, it's a slow acting one too. There's some yes. that act right away, and those are the ones that have yeah. high, you know, obviously you high Yeah. Often takes like 30 minutes to an hour, and then I, I would take them like, did, did this actually do anything? I kind of feel the same, I'm still stressed, <laughs> but dad was very careful to make sure that I didn't have access to it, because mm -hmm. he was very worried. Which is fine. Our dad. Yeah, that is our dad. Okay. Obsessive compulsive disorder. Let's see. Well, let me double check where we are. We are okay. We're doing all right. Let's get into OCD, which is pretty. There's a lot in here, so this might have to do it for us. But we'll see how it goes. This is a new category. In the DSM-5, it used to be under anxiety disorder, I think, oh. but this is now OCD spectrum disorders. Because mm -hmm. wow. I've heard, too, that a lot of times it is anxiety kind of at the root, mm -hmm. but also there, there's like a way it can be kind of um, like disgust or, or discomfort as kind of the root of the obsessive compulsive. Like it's not well, it's stress. The part too. It's yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's not so much that it's anxiety making. I mean, it's it's more of like a really intense feeling of like dislike, or or being like genuinely uncomfortable. Like needing to do something. Yeah. I think I think that's why they decided to make it a new mm -hmm. because you can have just anxiety, but you don't necessarily have to do anything with it. I mean, because there's the avoidance and stuff, but with the compulsive, like you have to do something about it to make yourself it, it we'll, we'll talk about a little more so let's 
go to obsessive compulsive disorder. So this is your OCD, which the obsession is a big part of it too. So you have your obsession, you have your compulsion. The obsession is intrusive, repetitive, anxiety, arousing thoughts or images that you can't control. Some common themes are contamination. This is the most common. So if you touch something, you're gonna get really ill and die. There's harming somebody. So the example she gave us is that you wouldn't want to, but just this like image of you, like a new mother grabbing a knife and killing her child. If that's that's like a common one. There's driving off of bridges inadvertently, some sexual ideas, your fear of doing something super shocking or accidentally touching someone. Like, I don't know. Order and symmetry, which is pretty, like, I feel like everyone uses that. Yeah. yeah. I'm so OCD. I have to have my pencil straight. Yeah. Oof. The thing is, though, I, I am guilty of using that. Like, when I was younger, and I didn't understand, and I think that's part of the times, and also just my own education, through my own experience, I can even, because I will really be on top of people if they use bipolar, you know, casual, which I don't think people do as much, but they definitely used to a lot. It it doesn't seem as common kind of slang, but I think, I think, like, it's fair, like, growing up, like, you kind of enculturated with using it as a, as a term and saying it in kind of a more casual way mm-hmm. and not like talking about like a serious like diagnosed disorder kind of yeah. thing and I, I think it's kind of hard too because i think i think people can relate to the ocd to an extent because right. it's another thing like the phobias where like it comes from a rational basis because mm-hmm. it's like there is like a value in being clean and in being orderly because if you're just a complete if you're a complete slob, like a hoarder, which that hoarding is actually its own it's, yeah, it's OCD, something. but it's on like the other end of the spectrum, like you're, yeah. you have no order and no control that like, yeah, so on either end, it can be that kind of problem. Yeah, so that's, but yeah, those are, the, that's the obsession part of it. Then the compulsion is the need to perform acts to reduce that anxiety. Mm. And common behaviors will include cleaning and washing. So there are people who wash their hands raw because they just do it so often. And, but the funny thing, ironic thing is that they're actually likely to get sick because they're not letting their body be able to um, protect itself. Um, Checking. So checking that your doors are locked, that your stoves are (laughs) off. Yeah. We have our own experiences with that with i don't know if she maybe we can ask if it's okay to talk about it then there's counting so i actually i feel like i have like like we're talking about some elements Mm -hmm. of so i feel like i definitely experienced some elements i wouldn't say i would be diagnosed ocd but with like counting ordering touching I have a very, like, things need to be even. Like, you can't yeah, do Yeah, yeah, you, you do it sometimes. Yeah. It's not often, but it, it happens. Be even. Yeah, like, if I, I don't even know. Like, you'll squeeze my hand, and then you need to squeeze the other hand. Yeah. And, like, it needs to be, like, yeah. two to two. Like, the ratio needs to be even. Yeah, or, like, between each of your fingers. Or, like, yeah. I, it has to be even. Or if I'm walking, and I step over the cracks, and I'm aware of it, I need to step over the same mm-hmm. amount of cracks, mm-hmm. or I feel it like in my feet mm. like one is heavier than the other yeah. and i need it needs to be even so yeah, yeah. So, so like different people like are kind of more just with certain parts of it too 
I can do kind of a checking thing too. Usually it's like if I like I left the panini press on at work like mm. a few weeks ago overnight and that could have started a fire if things were not as clean and separated as they were and mm. it was on higher than it was. So now I kind of obsessively check it and make sure it's turned off before yeah. I leave and I'm still doing that because I don't want to burn the place down. But I do like I, I do check it like two or three times when I turn it on and then off again mm-hmm. to like make sure it's off. Even though there's a light yeah. and I can see it. At least you're not touching it. That's a thing. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. It can get yeah, it can get really uh major. Yeah. And I think I find that interesting too because it's it's like also like I think I also experience elements of OCD but I just I don't know like uh how to to really think about it mm-hmm. or view it because like I know that I do not have OCD right it's more like if my anxiety gets real bad there are like some elements that manifest mm-hmm. themselves more clearly as opposed like of like more like the obsessive or like repetitive thoughts um I just but I, I just, I think I find it really interesting to think about, like, because, like, people can feel depressed, and people can feel anxious, and people can feel, I don't know, antisocial. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, like, mean doesn't that mean, you have it to doesn't clinically. Mean, yeah. Like, it's the obsessive, or, like, it's not just, like, a general anxiety, it's, like, you have fixated. <laughs> and then again, like, the compulsion of, like, you're fixated on it, and, like, you, you, have, you have to do yes. something. And also going back to, like, where it's, like, Yeah, because it's having such a large effect on you. I think something to note is, I think, Alita, what you were bringing up is how everything, the DSM makes it sound so cut and dry, but it, it's really gray. There's so much bleeding into other areas and overlap that it's, yeah, it's not super easy. Like, someone can have maybe a yeah. mishmash of all these symptoms, and they're not going to fit cleanly into mm-hmm. any one. But at least it's kind of a, a place to start. Mm-hmm. I think that's what she was, my professor. Mm-hmm. Professor Ava Scheffler, I love this. German mm-hmm. woman, she's so great. But yeah, she was just kind of like a place to start. Yeah. Um, okay, the definition of OCD is recurrent intrusive thoughts and images and or compulsions. Attempts are made to suppress the thoughts or behaviors and try to stop it from happening. Six months and distress or dysfunction. Some specifiers are um, good or poor insight. So if you're aware of it as much, or if you're not, if it's just kind of something you do, you don't realize that it's obsessive. Um, you can actually have some delusions of psychosis. There's and there's also people who know it's irrational, but they still do it. So that's kind of its own thing too. There's like a lot of different little, she, she called it flavors of the <laughs> disorder <laughs> to characterize it and specify it. It happens to come out from four to 25 years old. Kids can be bullied and ridiculed for it. So mm-hmm. teachers should be more aware of it and watch out for it. But it's rare to come up after the age of 40, mm-hmm. unless it's comorbid. So comorbidity, if I can say it, Mm-hmm. is when you have a disorder with another disorder. Mm-hmm. Which, and they're, like, contributing to each other. Yes. Yeah. 
And what they're saying here is you can have OCD with depression or pregnancy. So pregnancy is <laughs> it might as well be. Oh my god. I guess not necessarily another disorder. It's another state of being. Yeah. <laughs> well like, like they can they can like it happens yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. We're learning a lot <laughs> What happens is it will wax and wane chronically if it's not patient. So it'll come and go um, when things are more stressful in your life. Mm-hmm. And then it will spike and it will be more apparent. And yeah, what she said here was that your OCD tendencies does not equate to a full-blown disorder. It's a matter of degree. Right. That's the whole thing with it. You can have anxiety, you can feel depressed, but it's like, it's at a point where if it's, if it's, if it's completely unrelated to like life situations and stressors, and if it's just at a threshold where like, those are a clinical level where it's like, this is something that's like, you know, it could be a struggle for you, but you know, you should do what you can to take control that is a point where it's like okay like therapy medication is like the thing you need to do because mm-hmm. you know you're predisposed to this and it's happening mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. this the interesting one about OCD is it's one-to-one gender ratio mm-hmm. wow so even though it's like maybe that's part of why they pulled it out of anxiety because the anxiety seems generally female skewed whereas the OCD is the ratio yeah, yeah. Often with depression, when you have OCD, and also with other anxiety disorders, as well as alcohol and cannabis abuse. So it's like it will bring your anxiety down, but then, wait, hold on. Your first one get worse. With medication. Oh, so that's just like, oh, I mean, because, any, like, like those two would like be any... depressants, right? Like, yeah. Like yeah. marijuana or alcohol would be depressants, but yeah, caffeine. Then you can, yeah, you can start to stimulate. Because you will, yeah. Yeah, doesn't mom talk about how, like, <laughs> I guess we can ask her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, caffeine makes her more relaxed. Yeah. Interesting. Really, isn't that, like, anxiety. an ADHD thing? Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. ADHD gets uppers to treat it. That helps, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and that's... it's like, they're running so fast that they're like, slow motion. Like, they, they, they cross over. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that people people will abuse, <laughs> people will abuse ADD meds. Oh yeah, Ritalin. Stimulated. Ritalin. Oh yeah. I was listening I've been listening to I guess another podcast shout out to Off the Pill with Brian Higa mm. and his boys pretty much. And he has ADHD. He's been pretty oh, open yeah. about it. Yeah. And he's been talking about it. And that's why it's called Off the Pill because mm. he would go off his meds yeah. to like write episodes on YouTube. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good talk. I enjoy it, especially because I grew up watching. He used to make videos called Off the Pill, right? Did he? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. his real like wacky. His, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He would have like the different characters yeah. that would like talk. That's in right. A oh, that's right. Oh, that just like unlocked yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Just, <woof. laughs> anyway, great podcast. I've been listening to it a lot, but. Yeah, so he's, yeah, we're, okay. we're kind of going off, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to come up on where are we? We are 
in the treatment of OCD. There's <laughs> behavior therapy. This is all exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. So you can do response prevention. So instead of, let's say, someone who's touched something dirty, instead of having them go, instead of them going to wash their hands, they can go do something else or like try to focus on right. something else and doing that. Um, so that's with like the exposure with response prevention and also habituation training, mm-hmm. which is um, a repeated mental exposure to the threatening image or thoughts. Mm-hmm. So what she said that some therapists do is you ask the patient to um, say their obsessive thoughts out loud mm-hmm. and then they'll record it and have them listen to it repeatedly so mm-hmm. they are they have to hear their own fears and thoughts and then they have to sit with them and deal with them because mm-hmm. usually you just want to like right do your compulsion you're like rewiring the brain so that you realize exactly like how it's an obsessive compulsive behavior and then you realize that you don't need to react to it in the way that you do that like yeah. it's under like you can you can relax instead of having to wash like the your world's hands not gonna times. end yeah like like, yeah. It, like yeah which is a real that's a real like fear for some people yeah. is that something massive is gonna happen if we don't do this and it's the same for like the agoraphobia. It's like you just you need to go outside, open the door, close the door, yeah. like just just as much as you can handle until like you again start to feel comfortable and you realize that like it's not going to cause something to happen. Okay. Yeah, medications wise, it's increasing the serotonin levels that will help you. Mm. And Right. The only problem is that it will treat your symptoms, but nothing beyond that. So this is a very Mm. important point that you made earlier, is that having medications plus therapy, that is what will get you the furthest. Right. Because if you only have one, especially I think most people will, I actually, I'm not sure, but it Mm. seems like the easy thing is just to take meds. Yes. We don't have statistics to back it up, but also it, it like makes sense in this day and age like you want quick results yeah you want just like an easy fix and like okay like this medication is going to make me feel better i've had friends who who um have done that or have talked about trying to do that like just using medication to treat it and like i had one friend he like did that and then he just like stopped taking meds yeah it like did Mm -hmm. like it helped a little bit and then it didn't help it's like I think the idea is like the meds get you to a point where you can mm-hmm. start doing like therapy and then you can start yes. tackling the issue the personally. Yeah. Yes. Like with the chemical aid, which is what it's there for. Yeah. So but yeah. It's you to need, aid it's, you. It's, it's a combo. It. It's a band. Unless you're like me. <laughs> and your <laughs> brain levels are just completely massively messed up. But that's also different because you also did therapy. Right. And like like you said, you know. Done, I am at least for now, but I still have to take meds. Yeah, very consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of a weird thing. Huh. Okay, we are moving on to hoarding disorder, mm-hmm. which is also called compulsive hoarding, which apparently she pointed out animals also do. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not just us. <laughs> also, something interesting that you you mentioned with the OCD is it's how um like it's characterized by like obsessive and or compulsive symptoms or like actions, which I think is- Because uh, you can be unaware of what you're doing. 
No, uh, I was thinking more like the and or, so it's like you can have the obsessive and compulsive or obsessive mm. or compulsive right. elements. So like you might just be obsessive or just be compulsive. Is that what I said? That's how I interpreted it. I don't know. I could be anything else. When did I talk about that? I think it's, I think OCD you do have to have both. Really? Yeah. I apologize if I said and or. I, yeah, I do believe it's you're having the obsession and then you're having the compulsion. Yeah. I will look back later though because. Okay, then I'm not going to try to change anything. Yeah. I don't. It's okay. We're all figuring it out. <laughs> we. Okay. Hoarding. Hoarding, exactly. I don't know how to feel about that TV show, Hoarders. Oh, all the are just They're just gross. <sighs> it's just like it's just exploitative. But uh, yeah, it, it's another thing too, where like it comes like there's kind of a root towards like you do want to hold on to things, like there is a value yeah, of holding on to things, but then it gets out of control. Like there was, I don't know if it was like the Far Side comic, but it was like the world's first hoarder, like a caveman holding on like scraps of like cloth and food and stuff and it's like everyone else looking at him funny it's like but he's actually preparing right. for the you know for whatever he needs and so yeah like it's it's he, this weird line where it becomes obsessive compulsive well yeah the so here here it says the dsm-5 definition includes a strong need to accumulate possessions regardless of value right there's persistent difficulty or distress associated with discarding them. And it's usually you're not anxious, but you just can't let go of it. Mm -hmm. It leads to the cluttering and there's associated physical safety and relationship problems. And then here's a person may feel a sense of emotional security from being surrounded by stuff, which makes it different from just pure OCD. There's people who buy things as a reminder of someone maybe who passed away. Mm. and Or they don't mm. want to throw this out because, oh, my mom, like, talked about this one time. And so if I get rid of it, she, you know, wouldn't appreciate that type thing. Or I'm losing her memory, that kind of thing. And people can fail to recognize that it's a problem. Which, that just sounds really rough. Mm -hmm. Especially, I don't know, if, like you're a kid and your parents going through that, and you're mm -hmm. surrounded by all this stuff. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> there's there's a couple quick ones with skin picking disorder. It's ex exoriation, e x c o r a i a t i o n, exoriation, which is. Compulsive or repetitive picking of the skin resulting in sores can involve scratching, picking, rubbing, or digging into the skin. It can be an attempt to remove slight skin imperfections or as a coping response to stress or anxiety. There's also the trichotillomania, trichotillomania which is the hair pulling disorder. It's different from OCD. It includes compulsive or repetitive hair pulling resulting in hair loss. It has soothing effects and is used as a coping response. So it's not really 
a response, a compulsion in response to an obsessive thought. It's more of a, like, help soothe yourself. Yeah. And that it can, it can um, heal moments. Which, I mean, I can actually. I kind of, I do that with my eyebrows. That. My eyebrows are always really loose. There's always a few hanging out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I've never lost my eyebrows. Uh-huh. But I think I'm okay. Yeah, that's the thing. I have noticeable false spots. Mm-hmm. But what were you? Oh, and eyelashes. Yeah, sometimes I do that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel very like validated when someone comes off. It's, <laughs> it's just kind of a grooming instinct. Again, it just gets kind of hijacked and, and gone overboard. Yeah. But like, it's normal to want to like brush your hair and like yeah. get ready to split. Like we're all <laughs> starting to pull our. It sounds like now you mention it. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a bad idea. Here's our last one. I think our last one. Is it the, the what? No, it's body dysmorphic disorder. Oh, which at some other point, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to talk about eating disorders. But for now, this falls under the OCD. Like mustard, it's in this lecture notes. <laughs> which the DSM-5 definition includes a preoccupation with an imagined or grossly exaggerated bodily defect, usually of skin, things no one else can really see or guess, and it's the problem of the mind. And so it's not that, oh, I have this, like, mark on my skin. It's more of a... Like, my nose is too big. Yeah, or, yeah, kind of. Or I'm too fat. Right, but like no one else would think that. Mm-hmm. They would just look and be like, oh, you're fine. Right, like, yeah, you're fixated on it until so you start to see it. Yeah, so it's really just all happening up here. They think other people will think less of them because of this defect. Mm-hmm. There is this compulsive checking in the mirror, excessive grooming for hours. Like, someone will stand in the mirror for hours looking at this thing that they think is wrong with them. There's usually happens uh, or comes out during adolescence, which, eh, fun time. There's a one, this is also a one-to-one gender ratio, which makes sense because we're in the OCD Mm -hmm. arena. There's treatment through SSRIs. We love SSRIs. The exposure and cognitive therapy. And she made a note that cosmetic surgery does not work mm-hmm. because it's not that's not what the problem is it's not it's a physical issue yeah. it's a mental yeah yeah there was this video we watched about a guy who wanted he to get a nose job nose yeah stupid. yeah and then he fucking like took a oh i'm the first one to <laughs> break, the... break that seal <laughs> you're welcome he just broke his nose with a bat. Oh, that's right. So they would have to reconstruct it. But then after that, he was still, obsessed. yeah, still obsessed. There was I heard this. I saw this one story. This guy who obsessively removed an arm or a leg. Oh God. He removed it, and he just he said like he felt like it shouldn't be there anymore. Like it felt oh. like a. Like he was like, I so think this needs to go. It's like grooming, like but it's like grooming. Limb, you know? Yeah, yeah, opposite. Yeah. Oh, it's just That's the state insane. of mind you have to be in mm-hmm. to yeah. do that to yourself. Holy crap. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm remembering all. I'm remembering more of these kinds of stories. Oh boy, there's more. Yeah, I think it's the things like this person would inject themselves with not clean things oh, to, wow. to cause it because the doctors wouldn't take it off for him so he got it to the point where it needed to be amputated so that they would by oh, getting it infected did he do this with multiple limbs with his leg yeah i think he did into his knee because he was a different person yeah oh, a different person. i don't remember where i came across these but i remember yeah i've never heard that before me neither yeah. that's wild it's wild wild or something Jeez. yeah well, on that note, we're all learning stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah, we should probably end that here. We got through anxiety and OCD. We touched on some body dysmorphia, mm -hmm. which will lead into eating disorders. Yeah. You know, yeah, we should come back and do it again yeah. soon. We've heard the mood disorders and, and the personality, personality disorders. Schizophrenia. It's a lot too. more. Schizophrenia is a big one. I guess this will just have to be the cards, which is fine. Yeah, well, it's a lot. We're, we're covering, like, everything, basically. Yeah, my yeah. entire class. Yeah. We're going for it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think things are going good. We're trying to figure out our platform. We're trying to submit and all this stuff so we appreciate your guys patience as we're figuring it out yes thank y'all yeah sticking with us you can find us on instagram brain sick mm -hmm. podcast and the and the facebook the facebook of course. look up brain sick we'll be there yeah. feel free to tell the people if you like please it. do just spread the word if you don't like it don't don't tell them that but if you did like it oh go wild <laughs> Go for it. And with that, <laughs> yep. we will catch you next time. And I will be covering Zelda. Yes. And then Andrew's going to do, what's Mr. his face? Hughes. Howard Hughes, who's not John Hughes. Not, not John Hughes. Hughes. I don't know why I keep doing these. <laughs> not other people. people. Yeah. Just to, be, yeah. <laughs> Just to keep us on our toes. And then <laughs> I am covering Sylvia Plath. That's right. Yes. I'm excited for that one. Today I just received a a, a copy of her poems. Oh, I have, I have a collection. I have a collection. Oh my goodness. Well, mine's better. Okay. Versus. <laughs> um, you got me. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's this one poem in it titled "Daddy," and uh, it's. I'll I'll discuss it more. Definitely read us some. I will. But this one I have to. Y'all don't know what you're in for. I don't. I've never read any, really. Oh, that's really exciting. It's funny because you recommended her to me. I've read a few, but I, when I would say a few, I, I mean, mean just a couple. I bought them just because you recommended it. Because Aww. I've heard really good things, and I don't read poems. It was so like a few weeks after we started dating. I was trying to seem like an intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like, oh no, he's he's read Sylvia Plath, and I have. I need to get off this. Or like, on like two poems. <laughs> More than I had at that point. Then I wasn't lying. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Be like an honest man. Yes. Or woman. Any and all. Honest gingerbread person. Gingerbread. Okay, let's join us next time, <laughs> next week, next whatever. Next for a good old honest podcast. We're gonna we're gonna to we're gonna release every Saturday. 
Yes. yes Sunday mornings. And yes, because we're gonna we're doing this like quick release of our first three episodes. Then starting with this guy, we're gonna be releasing weekly. So we'll right. be consistent. We'll do it. We're gonna do it. We're going to do it. You shall, and you shall be there, listening again. Really Please. 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 We might need we to are cut really. some of this. I just I kind of we should. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye for now. See you next time. See you soon. See y'all later. Get your eight hours. Eat your breakfast. More or less.